This is Alexander Darwin McAllen. You're listening to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello. Once again, it's Paul starting the show with my ever-present host, Hello. Scott McLeod. Hello. Who isn't very well today. I don't have the energy for the intro today. He doesn't have the energy, people, no. I already tried. I, <coughs> see, I don't even sound up to my usual self today, do I? But damn it, he's soldiering on. Yes, I do. He's, he's doing this for you, people. <clears throat> That's what I do. Guilt trip, and that'll get us late. A weird contrast today, not only is Paul doing the intro, but Paul, tell people how you're dressed today, not your usual self. I'm, I'm dressed like a prized wanker today, I'm, I'm dressed up, shirt and smart trousers and pointy fucking shoes, because I had an interview. Hmm. I look, I, don't, I have no makeup on and no nail polish, I feel naked and odd. Because I think this is the first time I've ever seen him outside of his usual get-up. He's never never seen him wearing a, some sort of suit or not in like the two, two, maybe three years I've known you. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yep. But how did you how do you think it went, your interview? Eh. I didn't get it. Well, did they tell you or is this just a feeling you've... It's just a feeling. They gave me, you know that way when you have an interview and they go, we'll call you. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those, you know. Although is that is that better or worse than when you think you've got it and then you think then it turns out you haven't though? It, do you know that we'll give you a call? Yeah. It is worse the first time you ever get one of them. Mm-hmm. Because I had one of them many years ago now when I was going for an interview for Asda. Yeah. And it much like like modern age when you're applying for a job online and you have to go through a whole load of fucking hypothetical questions just yeah. to get to the point of applying, right? Which I did during the week for Aldi, you know what I mean? I went and did one of those fucking stupid things and I yeah. got through it and I was like, yay. But what would you do with this? I may as well say, what would you do if somebody brought a bomb into the show? Yeah, that's yeah. That's most likely happen. Well, I would, I would about turn and run the fuck out and leave you sad fucks to your problem, you know? I mean, I'll have you work for Aldi, I'm not willing to die for Aldi. Yeah, but no, I went in and I did the, it was a group interview thing, right? Uh-huh. And got through that and then I got to the one-on-one interview and I thought, here we go, score, I'm going to get a job here. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to the guy and I was very eloquent and all all the right words and shit. And he said, he gave me the idea and he was like, sounds good, we'll get in contact with you. Mm-hmm. And I came out the interview and I felt really quite positive. I was like, yeah, probably got a job here. And with a shout, never contact me again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck off. You know what I mean? You give me this, you walk out of the interview feeling nailed that shit you yeah. know what I mean and then nothing so you're getting the dent shit about and you're like fuck off I know like there's one I've had words like oh, if you've got it we'll contact you by this date yeah. and then that date comes and the whole, whole day I'm it's refreshing my emails like wait maybe now they've maybe they'll get them when they don't get to you you feel yeah. and you know, I think I prefer the one on one interview to a group interview I've only had the group interview one time and no no offence to the people who were also in the interview, I mean, you know, they're doubt they're probably this, but... Because they were just giving these answers, like, oh, what I would do, and they're doing this, and I'm just saying, like, you bastards. Don't give me stuff. The last making group... Me, making me look like shit. The last group-style interview I went for was for Marie Curie, right? 
Could and I'm sure, I'm sure I've told you this story. You may have, but remind me. Well, went in for this interview firstly, right? My job centre advisor went and said, well, you need a shirt, tie, blah, 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 this yeah. crap for the interview. So I go up, look, no, as I'm looking at the moment. Uh-huh. But I was a little less peppy than I am just now, you know what I mean? I was in one of my lower moods. Mm-hmm. And I went for the interview. And I walk in. I'm the only one in shirt and smartness. Uh-huh. The rest of them were a bunch of hyper sugar pep students wearing fucking parkers and skinny jeans. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're getting it like, oh my curious, oh charity, oh yay charity. And I'm like, you fucking sad dicks. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they were like, come back to me like, so Paul, why do you want the job? And I was like, man, I just want a wage. <laughs> fuck, I don't, I don't know fuck all about this charity, man. Just. Just say to them, Charity begins at home, now would you help please bring some money into my home please? Yeah, but I was like, like I, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with these people, I just want a job. <laughs> I remember I was only part of the job centre for like a few months, it was only giving me money between college courses, like during yeah, the summer. Yeah. But then you they do this whole thing where you have six weeks with no money, just to make sure you're serious about it. Yeah. And I had to do a thing where it was famed as a nanny's land, the job centre had to go to. And I always made sure, even uh, even though it was only a job centre appointment, to always you know just hand them sheets. They know oh, I applied for this and this and that. Yeah. I always made sure to wear like a shirt and all that, just look smart, because at least making it looks like you're making an effort and all that. Yeah. Because some of the way some people came in dressed and that job centre I went to is like, at least they think at least, at least it looks on the outside if I'm serious here. Yeah. You always give an air of professionalism. Yeah. You know, but no, I don't think I've got it. But I'm I'm positive on the job front. I'm going to have now got an online CV. I'm going to keep banging away at it, you know. And That's, yeah. I'm sure something will come, and then I will get some dinero. It will be good. Good for you, man. And I'm I'm also in a positive frame of mind for the fact that I now have not just Royal Rumble '91, uh-huh. but Royal Rumble '1990. Nice. So I only have two more to go before I have about ten Rumbles of the '90s. Yeah. And I wait for better breath with news of your next two. Yeah, well, 99 will be good. I'm just, I just want to have 94 to complete the collection, you know what I mean? Yeah. 94 is just 94. Although I think 94 has the fallout between Owen and Brett. Because that yeah. has the match between the Hart Foundation that was Brett and Owen and the Quebecers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when Owen finally snaps and goes, well, fuck you, Brett, you dickhead. And kicks his leg out of his leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the one time Owen came out wearing the same shades as Brett, and they were all like, yeah, we own Heart Foundation, and at the end of it, Owen's like, you're a dick. <laughs> hey, Brett, you're a dick. I don't want to tag with you no more. Yeah. I think the breakup with the Rockers was a lot cooler, though. Mm. You know, Owen just threw a bit of a strop and kicked his leg. Sean kicked his face and threw him through a window. You know, that was, that was better. That's about all Marty was good for. Being thrown well, being through a window. Windows. Yeah, and kicked in the fucking face. But that aside, how was your rest of your week been? That has really been your week, the, the tapes and the job interview? Tapes, job interview. Uh, I discovered a little show on a channel on my mum's TV called it's Blaze, the channel is. Right. And it's, I think the, the show is called Men at Arms or Men of War or some kind of thing. Uh huh. All I care about is they recreate ancient weaponry. Alright. And Danny Trail gets to use it. <laughs> so that's enough. <laughs> you know? 
is like they recreate these ancient weapons like to a precise T. You see them making these things, and then Danny Trail gets to annihilate mannequins with it, and coconuts and melons and things. It's just it's very cool. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I just again we address like you're coming back from a funeral. Smart law, right? Yeah. <laughs> Still very jarring. Is it the fact that I don't, I don't do this? Yes. Is that what it is? But, yeah. No offense. Not not to say you're the same, but the same style you've had the entire time I've known you, which is basically the opposite of this. Yeah, it's a very mm-hmm. grungy, gothy look yeah. I have. It'd be the same if you didn't, if you, like, I know you wouldn't do this, but if you suddenly had to cut your hair shortly, <laughs> see, see, that would be, see, no. see that is, it would be sim- a similar effect, like, suddenly say, like, wait, I'll, make, I'll put you a little bit more at ease, <laughs> I'll roll up my sleeves, does that help? You didn't need to, but okay. I did. <laughs> now, now it just looks like someone's asking you to step outside and you're rolling up your sleeves, like, right then. <laughs> There. Now I look like Baron Corbin. <laughs> why, was Only any... with better hair. Why, why, what was the interview for, buddy? Wait a... Guess what he looks like. Corporate Kane had more cool than him. Fucking dick. And Kane was in his buddy four, fifties. Four, three, fifties. He was in his fifties. <laughs> okay. Shut up. No <laughs> well, he's barely... Oh, I'm no well. I'm gonna to go to my bed with a hot water bottle. <laughs> May as well. Have. That's pretty much been my yeah. week. That's pretty much been week miserable. Is that better? The hair wasn't the issue. It was the suit more than anything else. Anywho, yeah. how was your week apart from being ill as shit? That's very much been my week in a nutshell. Be honest with you. The, <coughs> my brother was no well, and then I, well during the weekend, and then Tuesday I woke up feeling a bit of a sore throat, and then when Do I you kept, need some medicine. I don't want your elder. Ever. When I kept sneezing that day, I was like, oh shit, now I've got it. Yeah. And then my brother took the piss on the Tuesday night thing. If it's any consolation, I'm feeling better. And I just, like, I just shot my little... Scowl at him. Scowl at him, like... Would you like a mint? I would, actually, yeah. Yeah. If you're feeling ill, a tree or strong mint always does the trick. I don't know how long those have been in my jacket. I found them when I put it on this morning. Well, thank you. That builds me confidence just to put it in my mouth. Yeah, I'll wait until you eat it to tell you that. Aren't I nice? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's okay, I've eaten them, they're okay. Is it sad that, is it bad that a small part of me, once you said that, which is now you don't get that job? If I get it, hey, cool. If I don't get it, hey, where's all those other jobs? Is there anything in particular you want to, you want to talk about this week, Paul? Oh. Other than our usual freezer. Not a lot. I mean, I was I was kind of half following all the Brexit pish that's been going on, you know, because it, like it's that way. Even if you're not particularly going on politics, mm-hmm. you can't really avoid it if you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. anytime you turn on the news, that's all we're fucking talking about at the moment is oh Theresa May and our our second and third and fourth and fifth fucking time she's trying to get this deal through, mm-hmm. you know. So much so that she's finally going, look, just vote for my thing, I'll quit, I promise. And even that didn't get her deal through. All the MPs are basically going, yeah, go and quit if you want, we're still going to fucking vote for it. Fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This country is in a serious fucking mm-hmm. 
clusterfuck of a situation at the minute. You know what I mean? And do you know what fucked us up? Why even put that shit on the table? Because see the minute the minute we did that shit, we opened up the possibility for a referendum and all that. Mm-hmm. I knew this is where we would, this is where we would be. I could I could sense it for the minute we kicked this shit off. But we we're going to be here later on. There was going to be delays and there was going to be all this shit because there was no way that was going to go smooth. I remember during my news week for uni, they were like running like this is maybe a big week for Brexit. So you've got stuff Brexit stuff to cover all week. Like, well, technically we have got Brexit stuff to cover every fucking week. But that particular week, it was just the same shit. Last night there was a vote. It didn't go well. There's going to be another vote tonight, next day. Last yeah. night's vote didn't go well. There'll probably be another vote. Yeah, that's all it is. Votes and a million no's. Yeah. I mean, it got... I thought it was bad when the Speaker of the House of Commons had to invoke a 400-year-old rule mm-hmm. just to get, just to tell Theresa May, no. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, that's up, you're starting to let up about my week. This from before I was unwell. Oh, good. Yay! Uh, on the Friday... Last week, after I recorded this, I uh, went home and then we went all back out. Me and my friends from BSSR all went to the Windfall Sessions. Yeah. As part of the Glasgow Comedy Festival. It was, I've told you about Windfall before I went uh, did a Christmas show. Yeah. To the whole, this whole circle of trust, so I can't really talk about uh, much about what happened because like, they don't, they found on like recording, so like people can be a bit more yeah. open in that. Yeah. We had like the big, they had kind of a super show where they had more. Like more guests or slightly bigger guests than they've had before. Okay. So they brought like, just just the Jackie Hole back, and uh, and Andy Wild, Liam Thompson, and his sink. Yeah. Uh, Billy Kirkwood, but he's on everyone, and there's this woman Carmel, who was a big. She was essentially one of the first like main female wrestlers in the UK, even though when she when she was starting, there weren't that many women's wrestlers, and women's wrestling wasn't taken. Seriously, so yeah, we, and she's recently retired, which is a shame because she talked about like Sahar and Kaylee Day and then later Viper were some of the first women in the UK really get a hold on really, it, really get really stand out and yeah. show that women's wrestling in the UK could be taken seriously. And mm. the fact that Kaylee and Viper are now a part of NXT UK, you think if she'd stuck around, if she'd started a few years later or stuck around for a wee bit longer, maybe she would have the same or she could have been in the be on classic or something like do mind, that. Do you mind if I ask you a quick question in relation to women's wrestling? Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, like, over the last few years, we've really seen women's wrestling take a lot of prominence. Yeah. I mean, took really fucking seriously. And, uh-huh. Like, alongside the men's wrestling, you know what I mean? It's really respected now as opposed to before. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that might be the reason why some of the past superstars that maybe still have a couple of years in them uh-huh. like for example Beth Phoenix is jumping back in yeah. blah 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 do you think that might have anything to do with the fact that the, re- the women's wrestling is actually taking mm-hmm. well, a I bit of seriousness, I seriousness now I don't think, I think so because like they had a lot of the women a lot of the women well the first one yeah. like, like say your best your Molly Hollies and Jazz and all that ones are like they were serious women's wrestlers at a time when women's wrestling wasn't serious, so yeah. it was almost by way of an apology. Would you like? I'm sorry you couldn't have had these opportunities when you were around, but come just for this night and be a part of this. Be a part of this, this, this women's mean, revolution. Aye, be a part of this. Like get your recognition, so you can say you had this moment that you should, probably should have had back when you were. Yeah, around. I'm just the thing that really pleases me was that they 
they do not use that four letter term anymore. Yeah. No. And uh, being a one wrestling, there, there's going to be a couple of points I'm going to be mentioning about women's wrestling now a bit later. But yeah. before we get to that, uh, we had a good time with them. We all went out and Quacko was, our friend Quacko wasn't out there because he, he was DJing. Big loud dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he was hosting one of his uh, karaoke sessions. You can and he have that was, just, And he said it was on to one. So once that finished, we went back at 10, like quarter to 11. We all jumped in a taxi and headed up to the union to karaoke. And we got up and did a couple of bits like, me, my brother Ross, and my pal Alan all got up and sang uh, "You Give Love a Bad Name," and uh, love that song. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and all five of us, it was us, us three uh, friends, Sarah and Stacey, we all got up and we all did like a prayer. Both of those are great songs, but you know what? That is n- neither of those are the best Bon Jovi song. Like a prayer is not a Bon Jovi song. I said like a prayer. That's a Madonna song. Oh, the Madonna one. Living, you're thinking living, living on a prayer, prayer yeah. you're thinking of. Yeah, well, that's the one. No, but the best Bon Jovi song is Raise Your Hands. Uh-huh. That song is fucking great. <laughs> but uh, we, we, learned a, we learned something about Like a Prayer. Because like, obviously we, we know it as ICW fans because Grado and all that and everyone sings along it. But then we quickly realised we actually only know the first two thirds of the song because that's pretty much as much as we hear from Grado yeah. when he comes out. And you can't really focus on the song watching Grado's kind of yeah. jiggle to the ring you like anyway. I know, but then you like, and then it gets to the last wee bit, and then some bits are moving faster than we think they are, some moving slower, and we're trying to remember, oh, it's this thing that's repeating, and we think, like, but this time it's going faster, like, yeah. try to keep up with it. Oh, are you familiar with the film Eurotrip? Um, I don't believe I am, no. Well, there's a scene that might Is be... that one of those parody type movies, or. I think it's one of these weird teen road trip movies yeah, yeah. But, and there's a scene where there's a main character called Scotty and there's a singer of a band at a party and he's played by Matt Damon who just makes a cameo appearance and plays a song called Scotty Doesn't Know which essentially it's about how he just shagged his girlfriend <laughs> and Quacko has, been, has done this thing made this thing of singing that song to me almost every time I see him now oh, you're paying to be called Scott and he sang it to me last time he did the kind of thing, but this time he took it a step further, where he called me up to the thing. Like I like I don't remember putting in a song because you need to read a wee bit of paper, like write your name, what the song is, who it's by, and then Quacko yeah, will yeah. get to you eventually. And like I don't remember filling in a, a bit of paper. He calls me up. I went, "What is this? I'm starting to panic. Like, what is happening?" <laughs> Quacko went, "No very Like I'll do it with you." So then Quack, that song comes on. So I, it's quite. In this, in this instance, being me, legitimately didn't know that the song. <laughs> Scotty so me, didn't know. So me and Quacko start singing this song. <laughs> and another thing I didn't know was actually the lyrics to the song. So I'm literally having to read it as it's coming on. You saw like, you saw like Krusty the Clown doing mm. the fucking the national anthem. <laughs> you know. She's going to take those cue cards. Like, like more or not, most people will know the song they're doing okay, but it's nice to have the... Uh, the words there to remind yeah, you, yeah. but this is as if like I'm saying, having to rely on the on the screen to tell me what is it, is that meant to be doing here. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to jump in and mm-hmm. accidentally blow my smoke in your nose, but um, I do have one interesting little snippet to tell you of my week. Oh, do tell. I got a classic movie on DVD. If you haven't seen it, you must see it. Depends. What is it? The Three Amigos. I've seen it, actually. I've How seen. good a movie is that? It's been a while since I've seen it, but... There's nothing funnier than watching Martin Short and Steve Martin doing My Little Buttercup in the middle of a bar full of gringos. 
Like Martin Short with the little bonnet bonnet on. <laughs> My little buttercup has the sweetest smile. Do, 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 Chevy Chase. Chevy, yeah. Before he was a dick. Yeah, and the bit where he's like, when they're summoning the invisible swordsman. And he's like, You killed the invisible swordsman! How is that supposed to know where he was? You know the bit that always made myself and my mum laugh? You know the bit where Steve Martin is chained up? And he's gone like that, he's like, Gonna make it! Gonna make it! Gonna make it! And he's like, Ha! I made it! And he's right back again! And he's like, Ow! And the, the bit that always made me laugh is right at the start where they're doing their thing and El Vapo is going, I like these guys. They're funny guys. Just kill one of them. And then the guy shoots him. And he's like, ah, ah. Oh, real bullets. Let me see that. And he goes out with the guy's gun. He's like, I'll keep this. You're in a lot of trouble, mister. And he realizes the guy's covered in bullets. And he's like, ah, this is real. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Vapo, we're not gunfires. We're we're actors, you know, movie stars. You, know, my little buttercup. <laughs> it's such a good movie. There's a reason I'm I'm mentioning specifically this, the song Scotty doesn't know in this scenario, but because something else happened. I think it was before actually last week, so I forgot to mention it. I went to a horse wrestling show. They did a, a, a smaller show within their training school, yeah. right? And my friend Quack was actually doing the ring announcing for it. He's got a couple I could, of, I could see that. He's got a couple. <laughs> and then I do a thing occasionally at these type of shows where like before it's after the day or like during the break, like, oh, the show will recommence in five minutes' time. Like, they'll get on the mic and say, just to remind you, if you're at the toilet or up buying a drink or something like that, take yeah. back, yeah. back in your seat soon. Tip your wear. But then, like, Quack is back to AJ, you hear him saying the show will start in five minutes, and I'm sitting there, I turn my pal's TV and went, I'm not entirely convinced Quack will be using a microphone for that. <laughs> Because Quacko is a loud man. It sounds like I may be at times over-exaggerating, but if you actually met him, you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd understand. It's like, I need no microphone. And I did actually a review online for, of the show for Wrestling Blogs, right? And I, I said it out and I thought it. And they put out, they put out a tweet where, I don't read the tweet, but they put out, or wait, or Scott went to the show and had a great time. Read about it here, as the general is. Yeah. And uh, Alexander Darwin McAllen, former guest of ours, current source champion, and who was on that show, uh, retweet it saying, "Well, you should also come to this show we're doing on the thirteenth and and, uh, and he's he's kind of got a thing where he he likes to take the piss out of the, <laughs> some of the guys to get but, but he started a thing where he and my brother pretend to be pals. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I think he I think I think it may not be a penny because uh, I think EDM may support Rangers, which my brother also supports. Joss. But anyway, Morning Rangers on Sunday. So, yes. So EDM there, just if you're listening, with me just became the biggest face or the biggest heel in your eyes, depending on your allegiances. Well, he's the biggest face in my my eyes. Anyway, Good he, man. But then he said that that tweet about me, and then, and then he put the hashtag Scotty does know, <laughs> and then I went, thank you, I might come along, and I actually come to lo- on to that hashtag Scotty does know, and then he put them McLeod boys, they know what's going on. <laughs> so now me and my brother are both friends with EDM. So yeah, I'm I'm thinking now. I think I'm now just trademarking that the face Scotty does know. Get that on a t-shirt. Hashtag Scotty does know. What? Oh nothing. I just I just have a good merch idea is all. Well, tell me you don't have to, we don't have to include it. Well, your 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 Scotty does know. Mm-hmm. If 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 there is ever a merch for our wonderful show, you could you could have our show logo uh-huh. with your 
Scotty does know on the back of it. Yeah. Yeah. Things, yeah. things to think about. Things to think about. See, I'm all, I'm all jazzing with ideas here, man. It's a suit. That's what's doing it for you. Finally, come up with good ideas. You're in the suit. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I'm business version. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you watch the? Uh, we talked about. I think we talked about it before uh, briefly the uh, finale of. Still game. I did, and there won't, I, I, there won't be any spoilers because we don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh-huh. We really don't. But all I will say is it was, it was, it, for me it was extremely sad. Uh-huh. Extremely sad. I, I watched it, and I'll be honest, right, I was on my way back from my interview today, uh-huh. and I thought about it, and I thought about it in association to like life in general uh-huh. and see the the ending of it is yeah. like trying to explain this without giving shit away but yeah. it really did drive home to you because you think like that kind of shit happens in your life as your life progresses you know uh-huh. what I mean you're like damn man I mean I'll, I was sitting on the bus I almost <laughs> I like- almost you know I was like damn man it was so it was such a bummer but it was such a it was a nice way to mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and like, as mentioned, we're like season seven and eight had the like the peaks and troll, yeah. But season nine, the season maybe it's because my expectations were a bit high for season nine because it's the last ever season, so yeah, I wasn't enjoying it as overall as a season, so I was a bit nervous about the uh, about this episode, but then watching it and seeing the ending have this as it was for me, I think it was actually a kind of a fitting ending, especially when you think about what the show's really about. It was, but. You know, you're listen to us, like, listen to us trying to dance around you spoilers. Were just, you were just like, damn, man. Yeah, no. you know. But on a on a thing we can talk about in regards to still game and not ruin it for people. Out of out of all the history of still game, and I realized when still game started, I was eighteen. When still game started, that's been on for seventeen years. It was like two thousand two, I believe it was. First yeah. Years yeah. I was I, only. I would tell you how old I was. I was only two years out of school when that fucking came on. You know, and do you have a favorite like a couple of episodes over the course of the history of the show? I think I think I do. Yeah, like it's really hard to 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 rank certain episodes yeah. above others, but I do definitely have episodes that I watch more often. Yeah, like one of my favorites was always the one where they went to the whiskey distillery. Yeah, I loved that one, especially when they're guttered, mm-hmm. and then it gets to the bit and the guys talking, and then Jack just blurts out, "He's like, filtered through." Quite different when we went to the Heineken factory in Amsterdam. We, my brother, and all that, we were constantly referencing that episode, just like, Oh, Clark Gable, he was a wanker. Oh, Clark Gable, she loved him. I thought he was an arsehole. Aye, aye, pished in moustache, yeah. stick you ears. <laughs> I liked a bit, like, I loved a bit right when, like, can I believe they were nearly ours on the bus? <laughs> Left out here in the middle of nowhere, Stephen. And then he's like, oh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> and he's got a bottle of Clark Gable whiskey on him, and they're like, ooh. One of my favourites is actually uh, season two, episode four, when uh, Victor has the motor. He buys a new car, ah, and Jack aye. just takes advantage of him, basically, and like, makes him drive him around all the time. I feel like, see if you had a motor, that'd be like me. Yeah. Like, Scott, I'm, I'm, I'm in the pub, and I'm, I'm, I'm steaming. steaming. 
wouldn't just be you, it'd be every, probably everybody I know. <laughs> Me and Brian and Kwaku and your brother, like, we're in the pub, and we'll steam in. Oh, they dropped my fish! Oh, it's all coming to me, bits. It's all going to me, bits, aye. I think... Oh, there, you take bloody liberties making a stink of Victor's motor. Like, <laughs> I... Uh, don't, don't mean to bend the tone down in any way, but my granddad uh, used to have... It's had a couple of different cars, and he was always good for getting the uh, lift on And at one point, he had a car kind of similar looking to that one that Victor had, so... I think part of it always means, like, and to me, a wee bit Victor reminds me of my granddad in the episode where it always gave me a lift to me, where we're like, ah, can you give me a lift to you? I watched the, that's not getting away, but I did watch, like, we stayed up through the evening and watched all the after. Oh, yeah. Was, all the after stuff. Like, guys, point out, two programmes immediately after that episode on BC Scotland, BC Scotland, about still game, it's almost as if BBC realised, this new BBC Scotland channel is a bit pish. We need to really just rinse, ring out, bring it out, bring out, like squeeze this finale out for everything it's worth. Do you know what we did after it? I was sitting there with Sebastian, uh-huh. my, my boy, and my man, my brother, and my dad, uh-huh. with a couple of beers watching the penultimate episodes, you know, well, the last one, you know. Uh-huh. And then after we'd watched all the shit and all the stuff after it, you know what my brother did? What? He went on the YouTube and stuck on the first live still game. The, the very first one, the ninety nine one, where it's just the three his, of them. Aye, 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 that is fucking funny as shit, that man. You know, it's now the episode in season eight when they're in the caravan, like South aye, Africa. Aye, aye. That's basically a lot of the dialogue between the three of them there is taken from that show. Oh, I know, the, I know, I know, I like, know. But like it's, funnier Africa, uh, uh, it's funnier in the show. It's funnier in the show. Aye. I remember the first time watching the live show when they did the South Africa thing. Like you're drawn in by Jack's story. In later times, you're just sniggering because you know what's coming, but the first thing you're drawn in, and then you shite yourself like they do. Like, South Africa! Africa. <laughs> and they juice around the place. And they just look at there, like, holding their tears, like, fucking hell, what's <laughs> that? Also, it's really jarring how much they, how much they often they say fucking cunt in that, that Winst- first life show. Winston in that episode, like, I got my home! <laughs> and he's like, I was like, hear you, you wee fucking cunt. <laughs> oh, fuck it. You ought to have heard the mouth I got off him. Oh, <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. but I, after that, I went and looked that up on eBay. Mm-hmm. And providing some dickhead hasn't got there before me on Monday, mm-hmm. I'll be purchasing that particular lifestyle game on VD, VHS. You should, uh, I don't know if you watch any of the golden YouTube, I think the full thing's there, the live show they did in 2014. Aye, but that one was garbage. I, I was at that. I was at there. I was like, one of the shows. I, I was so disappointed with our new live one. It just didn't I sit right with me. I, I liked it probably because I'd, I'd been ages since we'd been there. Like, and the only thing was, it's like, the full version you only watch is like two plus hours because they put a version of it on the telly. It was only like an hour. It was really edited down. Ah. Because like, the, the, the edited version starts with Giant Victor, the first scene of Giant Victor in that Aye. live show. But there's like two or three scenes without them before then. There's a between, between Tam and Bobby. Then Goats cuts to the weeds, and then Winston comes in to the clansman. And then it cuts to the two. Right. Let me ask you this. And they're doing that... one mayor next year, or is it the big final goodbye? Was I the only person, see when it came back and we did the final three seasons, mm-hmm. was I the only person that went and looked at it and thought it just visually didn't look quite right? I think it was mainly just. Uh, how technology and how they film shit is because even because even seasons five and six looked very different stylistically no, no, to seasons right. one and two. Eyes, I was skinny. 
Well, she's lost weight then. Aye, but Hingy looked plays all right. She lost weight, and Isa's face was all skinny. She didn't look like a wee fat nosy bastard. She was, and Bobby's wig looked wrong. Because if you look at his his mullet in the first, the first run, Aye. and then you look at his mullet in the new run, you're like, ah, this didn't look quite right. Well, we, no offence to it, but you look at Gary Mitchell without when he's uh, he's not got that much hairline. He's got quite a receding hairline, to be honest. I just I thought it was fascinating watching the the the, the documentary shows after it. Look, uh, Gavin it. Mitchell was the first one that ever played Victor. No, he Winston. Yeah, uh, Winston. Uh, no, he played. He played Victor. That's why he played him. He played Winston because it was day two playing Dan Victor, then him playing Winston, then they had to. No, no, like, like, I'm talking way, 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 he basically looks like Jack now. Um, <laughs> you know, put a wee moustache on him when he's Jack. Pretty much, yeah. You know? but, uh, I did like, like, I think it was in the one after. Greg Hempful with his big, fuzzy, <laughs> big bushy beard. Uh, yeah, they did the first one, the immediate reaction, like we, like we, Isa and the weed, uh, just and the bunch of guest stars and spread across the crowd, like you'd chunk in there. Aye, aye. How weird the guy who played Method on that looks in real life. Like, I know. I know. Do you know who I thought looked weird? Well, me and my ma had this discussion, right? She was sure that the guy who played old Eric had died, right? No, it was actually the actor who played Peter Jake. He had died right before season But she's seeing the guy who plays old Eric. Noah's old Eric. And he's sitting there in a pork pie hat with a full beard and all that. And you're like, Jesus, he looks about fucking 20 years younger than he does in the still game. Because, like... Seeing him as old Eric, you're like, my Christ, he looks like the only one out of them that's actually fucking old. Well, I think it was him and Eric, no, him, him and, and uh, Shug, yeah, well, and Joe to say, but Joe wasn't like a main uh, character. Uh, uh, I never really cared for Joe. You know, in that episode, in the fucking, when him and Winston in the last season, and the cat. when they were on the cat, I thought, what a wanker. You know what I mean? You know, but, you know, the, the penultimate episode... Like when Winston fell out with Tam, and it, I don't care if I spoil this one because it's not the last episode, Aye. you know. But fucking, I thought that was really something with Aye. Tam, Aye. you know. Right, like, what what kind of pal? What kind? What that shows what kind of pal he is. They fake he's in fucking death Aye. just to, so he can get the money to help his pal give his leg. Aye. That's I did love like when they when Isa thought he'd see him and then they would say like. Is there anybody else, any other reliable sources? Then Mick goes, ask, you know, again, any other reliable sources? Well, how funny was that when she was fought about in the fucking I ran? Like, uh, uh, Tam's died. <laughs> You're like, oh, fuck's sake. I remember how intrigued I was, like, immediate, some immediate intrigue when I seen it was a part one, because, like, they'd never done that in... Oh, so, I know, like, I know. Well, never officially, because, like, technically, season, first episode of season three technically continues on from... The end of season two because like they leave for Canada. Aye, they leave Canada. Aye, so it's technically a two part, and technically the end of season five is a two part because Winston leaves for Finport, then comes back the next one. But they never officially said this is part one, this is part two. <laughs> season three must be a chicken in the back, flying the eggs out as well like a Tommy gun. That <laughs> uh, dad, dad, I'm just joking with you. Uh, I just about shot myself there. Right <laughs> 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 
college used to have it shot myself. I didn't know it was a comedy amongst my bloody actors about how uh, he's pointed about how the difference now between between like when they ended it the first time in here, like it always felt like the first time we never gave it a proper ending, like there was always un- left unfinished, but now it's... Do you mean at the end of season six? Aye, when they like stopped doing it the first time. Aye, aye. And they can't explain because I think they were kind of a bit frustrated. Aye, they, they were they knackered could, doing it. And they couldn't, weren't allowed to do I other heard, things. I heard rumour that Lay had actually had a wee tiny bit of a they, fallout they, with Paul Riley. Well, I think they, they had a bit of a fallout because it was because of the stress of having to age because it's because like, mm, it went from like it said, are you going to get recommissioned to like, constantly getting recommissioned like, before they just focus on this and not do it? But I think Paul Riley had got a wee bit annoyed at Winston. He got annoyed because he was wanting mere, mm-hmm. mere today. And the only thing that made me sad is see like when they stopped doing it for a while. Uh-huh. I liked that show that Paul Riley did, that Dear Green Place. I think Fort Huron was in it, I know. Nah, he was, he was, he was Mr. Henderson. <laughs> He was Tashy, yeah. you know. I love that. Like, see the guy that's pretending to be deep in that, and the, the guy that's like let all their boss. And he's like, today you'll be working with, and I'm rubbing my horn over my lip here, Mister Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, there's a bit. Uh, he's for has got to go out with a horse. Like, what do you get to start? Oh, you need to tickle his chin. And as he walks away, he goes, "What do I need to get yourself tickle your buzz?" <laughs> 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 yeah, like they do. They, I think they're talking about like you said, oh, it's got this sense of finality to it. And like we think we actually watched the end. Like we really think about like it's easy. They could easily pick it up from like season six when they stopped. But you watch how season nine ends. Like it's probably the best you'll leave it is because like mm-hmm. and my dad said like occasionally when shows end, like when there's like Christmas stuff or like comic relief, they do like the odd sketch like on like separate from anything else. Die, because die. and they and they can kind of do that now if they did like a comic relief or sport relief. They did like a sports loose style sketch. Aye. It's still game, like they don't need to make it as part of the continuity wise, it's just like something to do for off. Like, let's just dress up in the thing again, just do this couple of minute thing. You know, so we don't ruin it for anybody who's no hair that I'll I'll figure I'll figure the way to do this. Let's say a, I've got my bottle here. Mm-hmm. Let's say a, a fun farewell mm-hmm. and thanks for seventeen years of funny to still game. Oh. Whoa! Didn't he lose much? <laughs> Went out my horn there. Even the drink doesn't want to give up and still game. I was going to say that went down in spectacular. The only way it could have for us. Aye, well, here's the still game. It's a W. There you go, I'm back to my usual form now. <laughs> I was more concerned by the fact that's made a glass that ball, so. Yeah, that's come on, smashed. it was a good catch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, so I was going to come back to. Uh, the whole women's wrestling thing that I was going to talk about. Shut it, Tadger! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even find that episode that funny, but no, that came out of nowhere. Shut it, Tadger! There you go. <laughs> Did you see that guy that got that tattooed on his leg? Uh. <laughs> and that, that woman that got. He that hangeth a bit, Get getteth hee haw. <laughs> Some of the, uh... Oh, like, Aye, oh, old Jackie's always out with but I'm needing a move. <laughs> like, oh, well, have you seen a place? Aye, on Harrigan's place. Yes, he did. Aye. How long? Half an hour. <laughs> like, it's really like, weird, like, the guest stars that have been earlier. Like, you've got Robbie Coltrane, better known for playing Hagrid. You've got, uh, uh, Sylvester McCoy. My, my mother informed me, apparently, in... 
That's just kind of sad. Apparently, Robbie Coltrane is in a wheelchair now. Then yeah. Really, he's got really bad, like back or legs or something. He's he's not like yeah. crippled or nothing, but he finds it hard to get about now. Apparently, mm-hmm. which is kind of a sad thing. Well, just, and that's just just for that part. And that's sad considering that he, he feeds into Fraser too, considering he played oh, yeah. on a Daphne's brothers, remember? Yeah. You're like, do you know what he's saying? Like, yeah. Uh, well, I'll be talk about the women's triple threat match for WrestleMania, the Raw and Sailor. Because That's Charlotte, Becky, and, and Ronda. Ronda, which has been officially announced, will be the main event. Mm. Of I, I was going to ask you that because um, I haven't been mm. able to keep up with my wrestling recently. But how has Raw been in the past week? I think SmackDown's actually had a, been better than Raw. I don't know. Right. I'm just not new, but I think it's mainly due to the fact that they like the Kofi storyline. Oh, what's happening with Kofi? Oh, well, they did a thing where they had a fatal five way. A fatal five-way? No, no fatal five-way, a gauntlet match. I don't know why the fuck I said five-way. A ah, gauntlet match, Because right. it, it was five guys had to fight in the five Right, right. But Kofi had to go through that and he would get his title match. So he, he went through, he managed to beat the both members of the bar. Yeah, he got a surprise roll-up on Samoa Joe. Uh, Eric Rowan got disqualified when he was fighting him and then he managed to just beat Randy Orton. And he was knackered and, and Vince Man went, congratulations, you're going to WrestleMania if you can beat one more opponent. And out, and out comes Daniel Bryan, and by this point Kofi's knackered, and then he beats him. So then the following week they came out, and they're even more annoyed. So then Vince does another gauntlet match, but he says this time it's both your your fellow New Day members. Essentially, he puts it in Kofi and uh, sorry Biggie and Xavier's hands, where they have to run a tag team gauntlet to get Kofi into Mania. Aye. So they beat uh, Gals and Anderson and Rusev and Nakamura in quick succession. They struggle a bit with the bar, but they beat the bar. By then they're knackered. Then the Usos come out and they mention how much respect they've got for uh, the New Day and all that. So, yeah. so, so respect for Kofi, we forfeit this match. Sweet. Good on the New Day. So the last team was Brian and Rowan. And I think by count out they won. So now it's official Kofi versus Brian at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. I so hope Kofi beats him. And you know, uh, there's one thing... There's you know a, there's a thing, they, they kind of spoiled it actually. I think a thing leaked on Instagram or they posted on Instagram of a poster and on one end Brian's there and the other end Kofi's there and somebody sent it to Kofi. I think they spoiled that you're in the title. Yeah. And then he mentioned, yeah, and they also said that the gauntlet match is going to kick off last week's Smackdown and it didn't. Do you know what the only thing that would make that sweeter? What? See if he came out to his old instances. I was thinking there's a chance he would come out to his old just like for one. Actually, wasn't it the other night because it popped up on my YouTube timeline and. Actually, like, it's actually a pretty good song. It is a good song, but see, like, just, just for that one night, if he came out at WrestleMania with all the big uh, pomp and shit, and came out with that, he said the whole boom light with his hands and the, with the pyro oh, going off around him. So fucking cool! Because you know WrestleMania seems to be the one night of the year they go all out, unless you're in Saudi Arabia, they go yeah. all out with the pyro. <laughs> Keep going. I won't be back next week. I'll have my head cut off. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, for fuck's sake! <laughs> He's not well, people. He's not well. Yes, flu- delirium is set in. Don't take anything I say seriously. Don't be hit him. Because otherwise, Paul has to do this by himself. Anyway, well, I've got the fucking suit for it. Yeah, like yeah, so they because they have been kind of panting to tease it out because like they've had Rollins say he's in the main event, but then are they when you say they're in the main event, so kind of 
And I was kind of hoping they would do a thing where they wouldn't announce that they would kind of do a thing where they just let people work out for themselves. Like when they realize, oh, so this match is better than that match. So that must mean the women's match, like process elimination, people using their heads to figure out that it's going on last. What is, it? What is that for SOS? I hear them shouting. Yeah, that, I hear, SOS, um, I hear them crying or something like that. I hear them crying. <laughs> uh, there's a thing that they announced it, and luckily it's only two weeks to go because I was worried they would announce it like a month or so in advance, then have weeks of Stephanie come out. All oh, first ever, historic, all women's, all women's main event, and kind of. Because I, I worried, there was a small part of me that worried about being in the main event because I don't mean to sound like I'm diminishing anyway because it's great that they're being in the main event. But I was worrying that, uh, this is, I think this is an, I think the, the idea of it being the main event was thought was pitched through it, thrown around before Roman came back. Was, and, was ah. so, and Roman, before he went away, was by all accounts made main event as Universal Champion. So I was, one, I was worried it would come across a bit tokenistic. Yes, yeah, I'm worrying about it being, I hope it's not, but I'm. Worried about it looking that way, about looking tokenistic that the women are going to be. I'm sure it won't. Look. I'm sure it won't. Because the women, like like we were discussing earlier, the women have really fucking, uh-huh. really fucking cemented their place. And, and rightly so. And you know. yeah, complaints about the booking aside, like I've mentioned before, Charlotte, uh, Charlotte v. Ronda at Survivor Series, I believe, was Ronda's best match in her yeah. run so Talk, far. Talking of the women, uh, how is one of my particulars doing at the moment, Miss Bliss? Uh, she is the host of WrestleMania this year. So she is not actually competing. No, but she will be the host because she's kind of using more of a she's got her new talk show at a moment of bliss. Is she still yeah, recovering? I, I don't know. I think she hasn't competed much. I think they're just using her spelling because I think the you think she's good as a character anyway. So I think maybe they just want to use see where this yeah. goes because they use they have used her quite well her talk show because they used her show to unveil the women's tag belts and all that. So yeah. It's just she was one I was kind of getting behind before a concussion, you know. I could see her maybe entering herself in the women's battle royal if they're doing that again this year and yeah. helping herself win because she's the host. Yeah, yeah. Because like the whole everybody thought the New Day was going to involve himself in the ladder match until the Harry's went in, but the New Day were faced. Although her being a heel would make sense for her to want to include herself in the yeah. match. Yeah, so. I suppose she's like a sort of female Jericho at the moment. Well, that's a fair comparison, actually. You know. Or the, right. or the Miz when he was like doing his heel run. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, she's yeah, a cause female. Yeah, because the Miz had his talk show as well. Yeah, but you had the highlight reel. Yeah. And you had Miz TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, like Charlotte v. Ronda was Ronda's best match in my opinion of a run. And Becky and Charlotte uh, always have good matches. So I think having those those two with Ronda, it'll, they, yeah. they, them, them together... Those three together will sit down and work with whatever agents working with them. They'll plan out the match. Yeah, well, you and they'll you plan out the best possible match they right. can think of. You and it, Charlotte is a phenomenal technical wrestler, mm-hmm. and she's great with her high spots and all. Right, she's just yeah, the a, insult and... She's a phenomenal all round technical wrestler. Uh-huh. Ron, Ronda is phenomenally fucking powerful, uh-huh. and uh, Becky is just a phenomenal pro wrestler. Yeah, she's just and her characters mm-hmm. great and all like the fucking. She's the man. Yeah. You know? And I'm so happy we went and got rid of that old totem name we had for the Irish last kicker. Yeah. You know, that was just kind of stupid, but the fact that she's the man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Her, she's kick-ass, and then the man saying the thing, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still back in the Scottish psychopath, you know, Drew. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping he gets his yeah. his moment in the sun. Like a lot of people talk about when we start women's matches about how oh, they'll probably have planned this out or rehearsed it so much yeah. ahead of time. We, they say it like it's a bad thing because like, 
I remember the women the weekend of the first women's Royal Rumble. They were the women were taking off that weekend's live event so they yeah. could rehearse the Rumble match. Yeah. And people say that like it's a bad thing, like but some of the best wrestlers have planned out their matches like step by step. Like yeah. Dean Huda, Randy Savage, faxed Ricky, Ricky Steamboat, and note by move by move breakdown of what their match was going to be at Mania Three, yeah. and well, they would rehearse it. And then he would quiz them like, "All right, what spot fifteen or fifteen's an arm drag or whatever." Yeah. Well, you fucking you brought up Randy Savage there, right? Yeah. A lot of people, including the uh, like great Hogan, mm-hmm. said that one of the people that got the best work out of Mr. Helwig yeah, yeah. was Randy Savage because at that particular time, Randy Savage was a fucking mm-hmm. he was like a he was a ring's fucking scientist. Yeah. Man, you know, what I mean, he he had his shit down. Uh-huh. You know. Mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of wrestlers, even then and now, that have their shit pinpointed. Yeah. You know what I mean? If and I, I, I think um, Charlotte Flair. Uh-huh. You look at her like every move she does is just yeah. You know, she does not fucking miss a beat, that yeah. woman. Yeah. You know? And if they're kind of rehearsing it so much in advance, it shows how much they want, they, they care about, it and they want it to work. Like another yeah. one, another example. Apparently, I heard about the the Ironman match for me at twelve, where Sean and Brett took like set portions of the match that they were responsible for planning. Yeah. So, like, Brett laid out the first ten minutes, Sean the next fifteen, and then the next twenty. Yeah. Well, you look at Sean in that match. Yeah. Sean was, I mean, up to that point, Sean had been like, <laughs> like I think as King described him during that match, a Mexican jumping bean. Yeah, but for people like as technical as either they into an hour worth of spots, it's hard to yeah. bend in. So like King, like Brett only needs to remember his spots, so he would take control of that much. Yeah, and then Sean would be in charge of calling the next fifteen I mean, minutes of spots. Brett, Brett was, and there is no fucking doubt in my mind when I say this. Brett was the better technical wrestler. Yeah, but Sean definitely knew his shit. Yeah, you know, Sean knew. He just he might not have employed it as much as Brett, but he uh-huh. knew. When it was called on him to do so, he knew his shit. Speaking of Brett, there has the rumor there were rumors a few months ago, and now it's been official. Apparently, the Heart Foundation of Brett and Anvil are going into the Hall of Fame this year. Good all. Although I don't know why, why not to like nitpick or anything, but why it can just have been Anvil that went in by sale. Did they, they maybe think he wasn't big enough to go in by sale? Because that makes kind of Brett the third two-time Hall of Fame they have this year because they've got Sean with. DX and Booker with Harlem Heat. Oh, do you know what I have on on a bid on eBay just now? What? Wait, I'm so hoping I win. What? It's a DX era t-shirt. Uh-huh. And it's one that I've always wanted. Do you remember the one the Road Dog used to wear? Down well. Uh-huh. Down there. I, I would not remember that, but alright. Yeah. It's got an arrow on it, right? And it says, down where? Down there. Yeah, I mean, Road Dog just to wear that all the fucking time. I finally found some dude in Canada selling that shit. And did I bid on it? Yes, I did. fucking bid on it. Of course you did. I need it. I need it. Yeah. It'd be just as important as getting one of those wax stamp Triple H shirts from back in the day, and I can't find any of those yet. I but feel- I fucking will. I have a feeling it'll be me. I don't know who in Dublin, but I think they'll have Brett come in talk a wee bit about the team, and then you'll probably have Natalia come in to you in honour of her dad. Do you do you not remember that shirt? 
No, I don't remember that, sure. Yeah, but on the back of it is just a simple, you know, like... I'm about to move on from Road Dogs and talk about the Hall of Fame, but... No, but it's just, on the back, it's just simple D-Generation X, but on the front, in white lettering, with the arrow, down where? Down there, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Will I hang it? No. Not at first. I will wear it a few times, and then I will hang it. Yes, I will. I will, I will wear it at particular events where I have to go to my son's school. Oh, just to offend, the, Just to offend the parents and the teachers. And then, anyway, we're talking about Harlem Heat. Yeah, I think it was TV that said we were essentially saying, like, don't forget, like, it's not, it wasn't just us and he, like, paid on to, like, Sensational Sherry. So she was just as much of a part of Harlem Heat as... What a big T? I think it's best we forget about big T. <laughs> What about Big T? Do you acknowledge the sensation she in the Hall of Fame? Cause I don't think she is. Mm-hmm. Is she? I don't care. I can't remember. She went in the year before she uh, died, I'm sure. I can't remember because remember Jericho when the whole uh, uh, May up probably some other controversy was happening. Like he suggested, why don't you call it the Sherry Invitation or something like that? Yeah. And Vince went, I'll take it on board. Thanks for your advice. Essentially. Typical Vince, I'll take that on board. So essentially, what Jericho was great is essentially Vince speak for essentially mind your own business. Yeah. So, and I can I can do a great impression of Vince when he's doing the when it like seen I think when he's talking to Draws. Uh-huh. He's, like, he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're fired. Yeah. So, but if we can go back to where we were, we will go. But the women. Do you know where we were? Yeah, the, we're talking about where's a bit the women's trouble threat. <laughs> Uh, but like I, I've been trying to defend some of the booking decisions they made, and then they did something this week on SmackDown, which really did it arc you? Did it get your freckles up? Yeah, and I'm trying to try and find the positives in it because I know everybody else will immediately shit on it as well. And it involves how WWE presents Charlotte because essentially they did what they did when they put her in the triple threat at SummerSlam, mm. but um, probably a hundred times worse, where they had her beat Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship, mm. which. When you think about it, like I don't, I don't when, see it on SmackDown just there, like and you're like Oscar doesn't have the women's championship anymore. Nope. See, and, gay. I know. And when you think about Hella it, gay man. And when you think about it, and and even if you're looking at it in key terms, Charlotte's already in the main event for the Raw belt. Why would fuck, she want the other one? Fuck Charlotte now, man! I was fucking shouting her corner now, and she's won mate, a belt. She, oh. Mate, mate, calm down. Calm down. Don't turn on Shell like everybody else does. Bitch! Because it's not fair. Okay, I'm It's not, not fair to turn on Shell. Fuck the bookers! It's not... Because, like, when you think about it, Charlotte... Would, would Charlotte really be backstage, like, by the way, we're putting the main event for the Raw belt. Would, would you, think, you think Charlotte would go, Smashing, I think I should also win the Smackdown belt as well. No, she wouldn't do that. And I know, and it's you should be mad at the booking decision. We shouldn't be mad at okay. Charlotte herself. Charlotte, Charlotte, the char- Charlotte the character, definitely. But not Charlotte the person. Yes. Okay, I'll be mature. Which a lot of people f- seem to forget the balance between character and people. I never do. I said people. People. I never do. And then, but like, the whole thing of Becky being injured and then not wanting to get taken out of the match because she got in- injury, took her a first time, and then getting into the thing with Mimaz and then getting suspended and Charlotte be put in because she's the McMahon's choice. How did that... That, that made sense initially. <laughs> And then Becky wants to get in, and then Ronda snaps, turns on everybody in the fans, and then makes sure that Becky isn't because she wants to be above her and Becky. How that made sense. 
and then like we do this on SmackDown. How did that mannish looking, flare looking thing beat Asuka? Did she at least beat her fair? She beat her with a figure eight. Oh, that moves fucking gay. She's not. She's not mannish. She is a little bit. I don't think she is. That's your opinion. I think we're sure that makes the eight ti- eight women's titles now. Charlotte's one. I don't know if you count the the divas as a. I don't a, count that as, as a, a woman, title. As a women's title. No, I count that as a little toy belt. Hold on, let me. Wait, I'm trying to figure it out. This makes the third time, third woman Vatdown women's. She's an NXT women's champ. Uh, trying to figure this out. I don't know if you count. Anyway, I'm moving on. From I'm bored now. I thought Asuka was safe. Yeah. Well, to be fair. On the other side of it, Asuka didn't have an opponent, still didn't have an opponent for two weeks out from Mania. So, yeah. it didn't, they didn't have much for Asuka. At least, at least Crazy Vegan Boy still has his belt. Like, until, for now. Until. Go for it. Yeah. But like, you think about it, they have, they didn't actually have anybody else on SmackDown that was worthy. Like, I'm not saying that means they should have immediately put it on Charlotte. We could have gave it to Eric Rowan. <laughs> no, no, we couldn't. <laughs> I don't know why they couldn't have moved Nikki Cross out of SmackDown given her a shot of the belt. Or there was this idea that was bad around the online where instead Charlotte Asuka Show came out and declared herself for the women's battle royal and said this belt's going to be on the line in the battle royal. Essentially, saying like. Instead of fighting two opponents like I'll fight like, many. I'll fight many. Bring them from Ross, SmackDown, NXT, I'll fight them all. It makes her look valiant. And then if she wins and then someone sneaks out and then eliminates her, that gives her reason to be screwed because you took on all these other people. <laughs> bring back Santina. <laughs> no, let's not bring that back. <laughs> Another weird link. Some people have said like well it's so they can have this moment because like obviously Bait you know Bailey's after the women's tag champ, so yeah, yeah. So, and the thing their idea is possibly having obviously them retain there in the show have like have not have the SmackDown Women's belt on the line because some people are sure it's going to be both belts. It's just going to be one belt on the line. Like half Tyler Breeze won it. Will you stop suggesting male wrestlers to win the women's belt? This is the whole issue we're talking about. Women's wrestling coming forward does not have in winning it. Anyway, so the idea of Becky winning the Raw belt. From Ronda and having all four of the four horsewomen holding belts. Yeah. The idea, like, if you wanted, if that's if you want that image so badly, why are you going through this convoluted route to get there? Because like Becky and Charlotte have been at each other's throats for months now. Why would they then suddenly just because their pals are there with who also have belts? Why yeah. would they? Why would they take that moment to hold up the belts together? Like, why would you not have like? Because they had they had a truce sort of when Charlotte was chosen by Becky to go into the Ronda match at Survivor Series. Yeah. Why didn't they just? Because I remember I've thought this. I thought this ages ago, and they should have still done this. Like, kept Becky Ronda in a one on one, and have Charlotte Asuka too for the women's for SmackDown belts. So you have two one on one matches, and then you can have your moment if you want. If you really have to have Charlotte win the belt, because yeah. like Charlotte Asuka, the every match from the year before kind of wrote itself. Because like you can have Asuka start being portrayed as dominant again, and she said, once again I'm in a position where no one is ready for me. And yeah. have Charlotte come out like, well, I was ready for you last year. And what, what happened to you ever since? True that. True so now, that. now Asuka's got something to prove. Because it's a shame for, for Asuka because we were talking about how it's finally felt like she was getting back on since from like TLC on where she would feel like she was getting back on track and then suddenly <laughs> this is just like two steps back. 
Yeah. So I'll say we don't want I don't want to talk about the full media card because we're going to give our predictions on next week's show because uh, yes, we are. It's still got a week, so the cards still change. You know, cards have to change as they say. But before we go on to Virgil, I want to talk about the NXT Takeover New York card. It's all been made uh-huh. official. All five matches have been made official. Uh, Do it like. So you have Johnny Gargano v Adam Cole in a two or three falls match for the now vacant. NXT Championship after Champa had to after Samantha Champa had to vacate Dre injury. You have a fatal four way for the women's championship. You have Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane v Bianca Blair versus Io Shirai. I have I think Inker gonna win the NXT title and I think Io Shirai's gonna win the NXT women's title and like like Charlotte's like Moonsault, but Io Shirai's Moonsault puts hers to shame. Well, yeah, yeah, I've spoke very highly of that woman. Uh, because like, her nickname is the Genius of the Sky, Yoshirai's name, and that you can see why when you watch them. In what's, so- her, what's her name? Yoshirai. Yoshirai, Genius of the Sky. That's yes. very, that's very. And it works the other way as well. Genius of the Sky, Yoshirai. Genius of the Sky, Yoshirai. Anyway. Damn, that's trippy. So, yeah. <laughs> trippy fun. Yeah. And the, the winners of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, uh, Ricochet and Alistair Black, will challenge the War Raiders for the NXT Tag Titles. I'm feeling Black and Ricochet are destined for their official call-up. Sorry, the minute you mentioned Dusty, I got a song in my head. <laughs> and it's never Just going. Gun, man. <laughs> well, like I said, like, Ricochet and Black have already got like Raw Tag Title shots on like Fastlane, so I'm feeling they're destined to be f- full-time members of the main roster, so I feel they'll lose. Gee, the Warriors a big win, because... The former North American and NXT champion mm. are going up against so, uh, big one for them. You have, uh, the North for the North American championship. You have uh, the Velveteen Dream's first title defense against. Uh, Ooh, the Dream has a title. Yeah, I tell you, he beat Gargano for it. For the North American title, it's the standard. He's defending against uh, against Matt Riddle. So Dream has a title. Oh. Sweet. There's a thing from the NXT Davis where he came out during uh, Riddle's match where he was on this big like, purple sofa drinking at this gobbler right? and he got dragged by his two and they dragged his sofa and somebody put a photo of him on the chair on the on the sofa. So yeah, this is that DFS sale is still on. <laughs> uh, so I'm hopeful Dream will uh, hold on to the belt for now but you know Riddle's come in with a lot of hype and all I'd that. Like, I'd like to meet the Dream, you know. I'm sure you would. I would, I would like him to give us a soundbite for the show, I would. But very, very keen on sticking to character, like he rarely comes out of, of character. Like, well not like always on character, but like around like media events and like he's very much in character and like there are very people who yeah. have seen him out of character. I doubt very much when he's at home having a sandwich oh, oh, well, in character though. Yeah, obviously like, not like that, but like but, around a lot of other people like around like backstage at yeah. Full Sail and all that. He's like, I am Velveteen Jim, I am having some toast. Yeah. You know what I mean, though. I know what you mean. So, yeah, yeah that, and then you had the match, I think, Dream of Jane, well, at least I'm hoping, I'm sure you're hoping as well. Oh, yes. And then we have the match I think is going to steal the whole show, which is Pete Dunne defending his U- WWE United Kingdom Championship against Walter, or Walter, <laughs> thing. Walter. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, because Pete Dunne sold it for nearly 700 days, the UK belt by this point. Uh-huh. And he won it on a US takeover, so if you only lose it on one, it's made in a weekend. And also, quite selfishly, I'm hoping 
to have watched for title events on the cl- upcoming Glasgow NXT UK tapings because I will be at both nights. So kind of a selfish reason for one Vault Thirty One, but you know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think because uh, uh, like Walter's whole thing is he's this big powerhouse, but he hasn't spoke a lot. And then there's the contract saying this week on NXT UK, and Walter might spoke for the first time. The first time and like yeah, really had like an impact on like when they made EC3 not speak on the main roster for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know he's a really good talker. Uh, yeah, we done like he didn't finally speak. He said to said to Pete Dunn. I could put you through this table here if I wanted to, but I don't need to to prove my point. <laughs> so it'll be, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good match. And like my favorite takeover is the one they did at last year's main weekend. I have a feeling with this card though, it, this is on track possibly to beat it, and it's probably good that they moved it from Saturday to the Friday so it didn't contradict with uh, G1 Supercard at MSG because it benefits fans if you're there in New York and you want to go to both events. Mm. And well, neither show feels like less because they both got really stacked cards. So on to Fraser. Now with all the wrestling out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we get into this episode, Paul, do you want to tell people about your book that you bought today? Or I oh, uh, didn't buy it today. Sorry, with. Do you tell I people about your book? book. Long ago. I'm saying the first time I've seen it. When did you get this book? I don't remember. We'll tell people what this book is. This book is. <clears throat> and I, I kind of feel bad because it's letting people know kind of the, the fourth wall of the show at times, you know what I mean? Because this will be our guide from. Well, will be my guide from now on, you know. But this is The Best of Fraser 15 Complete Scripts of Our Finest Fraser Episodes. Introduction by Christopher Lloyd, executive producer of Frasier. Mm. Well, it has countless good episodes in it. When we talk about it, instead of being your guide, well, it can be your guide for every episode because it doesn't have every episode. No, it's a guide for 15 of them. And I think reading the script, I, I did reasonably good Niles accent. Well, one of the episodes that is in the the uh, refer to is one we're coming up on in a couple of weeks' time. So, if yeah. anything else, it just means you're more prepared. I think so. <coughs> I yeah. think so. On to you, well, I think you were very excited when I told you about this episode last week. This was the one we were doing. It says episode 19, I think. 19 of season 2. two. Uh, someone to watch over me. Mm. And it's Fraser in his booth, called Surprise. Mm-hmm. He's talking to a man named Brian on the phone. You don't hear Brian, but uh, not my Brian. Not your Brian, different Brian. Different Brian. Very common name, Brian. The plenty of Brian's. It's a, it's a lovely name. It is. But uh, he's talking to a guy about who's like, you're not a bored scarab brain. You just need to learn to focus. He started doing this tribe that he observed. They can shoot a monkey out of the tree with a blood dart. Why? Focus. You need to focus on one singular, shall be narrow line, to focus on one single issue, just to say that Ross We've been nominated for, for a CB! CB. Uh, and all this, and focus and concentration and all that. We'll uh, this after... is Free Screen, KCL, Talk Radio. No, he's, no, he's like, he, we'll be back after these messages, so he goes to a break. Yeah. Which I felt was a bit much, because, like, 
essentially just like, I ah, just doesn't. You know he always orgasms whenever he gets a fucking nomination. But the, well, no, it's more the fact like, hey, listen, focus on like concentration and all that. Essentially, just goes to a break and doesn't give the get. Essentially, just like just now that he's got his CB, he kind of forgets about the guy he was trying to help. Yeah. That's so kind of like you, how you said how he used and like how he handled the guy who had to read everything by asking him a question he wasn't prepared for. Like, yeah. I have similar felt feelings about this episode and how you dealt with that patient. But then you're going, like, two years in a row, they like me, they really like me. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not even going to, I let one to one really ruined it for me last year, so okay, to get my hair done, get a nice dress, stretch it on the back of the limo. And I wonder why you got your hair done. <laughs> and then Bulldog comes in, hey, Doc, and he starts hugging him, like, <laughs> Rods, oh. Is this the first time we've seen Bulldog in a while? Because I don't remember seeing him. Yeah, he, this is the first time in a few episodes. I know. He does this quite a bit where he just appears for a bit. Bulldog, for the first few seasons, was sporadic. You know, like he would come in and would have like maybe, maybe a two or three episode arc where mm-hmm. he'd be in it a lot, and then he would have a lot of time. But I think that was a lot to do with the fact that Dan Butler, yeah. out with Frasier, did do a lot of other stuff. Because yeah. I mean, we don't talk a lot about. Dan Butler, the actor. I don't think he gets talked about as much. We, we probably should cover him. We should probably do that in, at a later time. Probably. You know, but Dan Butler himself, I mean, the first time, the first thing I seen him in, I didn't even realise until I was a big Frasier fan, uh-huh. was Silence of the Lambs. Uh-huh. If you know what I mean, if you've seen Silence of the Lambs. I'd say that I didn't realise he was in it though. Well, you know, um, when Jodie Foster goes to find out what the, what the butterfly of the moth is. Yeah. You know that little geeky guy with the sh- with the glasses on? That's Dan Butler. I think we should, uh, there are one or two episodes that are kind of Bulldog-centric. Yeah. Obviously plays a key role. Like, next time we have one of those episodes, we should I'm trying bring to think some what, stuff about what Dan season Butler. is. He is quoted as a part of the main cast. I think that is season six, five, six. I think we're in the bit there. I think maybe season four, even. Yeah. Because you get, I think season four, so there's an episode. What about... was the season? No, it's five, because it's the season... <coughs> Before they all get fired. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a good episode, like, I think I've seen season four because there's a good episode in that where I think he goes out that girl and they all think he's going to break her heart and tells it she breaks his and then yeah. he says to them, I don't want your help. I hate shrinks. You're a bunch of wusses. Help me. But he's such a... Oh, sorry. One of those best insults in there because we're also trying to get him out of the cubicle where he's crying. He goes, if you don't come out of there in the next 30 seconds, I'm going to drag you out by your ankles. And then he goes, hello, Ross, playing hard to get. <laughs> But no, he's a very, um, he's a very good actor, as Dan Butler. Yeah. Anyway, like, and he's got his nominations as well. He goes, "Scarlet, two ball, was it three, four nominations, three wins? Yes, I've been a symbol of broadcast ex- excellence since '91." And he immediately undermines himself by barking at some woman. Yeah, as he does. And then uh, Fisher goes like, "Who am I going? Who should we have for our last call?" And they find out they've got this woman on who's phoning, who phones all the time because she's a big fan of. Yeah. Fraser named Carrie. Carrie, sir. Carrie is number one fan. He goes, all she does is compliment you, and this hurts me how. <laughs> and oh, mentioned he gave Ross a rose in honor of their nomination. He goes, I was hoping I would have to give you this to say just for being you. <laughs> and uh, so he goes, yeah, and then he touched on to Carrie. He's, he's like, oh, thank you. Like, she's saying to stroke his ego, and then she goes, that was a lovely rose you bought earlier. Uh, thank you. You didn't go to your usual routine. 
Your routine? Catherine Devonsa, you always go there every morning for... Anyway, gotta go. Is it just me or did the woman who did the voice when she phones in did not did not sound like the voice of the woman we actually meet? Yeah, I would I would assume we went with the with well, it's one of the rare things that Fraser really actually because follow it through, you know. Yeah, because okay, they don't sound different. Maybe it's just because people's phone voices sound sound different, but maybe. But I think that was it was the woman who eventually shows up in the show, you know, <coughs> in the episode. Yeah. And obviously, uh, Rod, oh, I mentioned also Roz, when she got the donation, she's like, she was eating a taco bar and goes, I need to lose five pounds. Well, enough of that. And then, uh, they're all nervous to be like, that was a bit weird. <clears throat> and he's like, but he's like, trying to brush it off like there's nothing where we're like, there's yeah. a lot of creeps out there. I don't like the word creeps. It's a really unfair term. And then Bill comes in and says, he's not doing those corduroys, Roz, I can't see your penny lines. <laughs> Although some people do deserve that free. No, some people do send me grasping for synonyms. And then uh, Fraser and Niles come into the apartment and Natalie's over. I just mentioned your father, Fruce Tooks. And Niles goes, Oh, Myers will not be able to make your point. She's very upset about her manicurist. <laughs> wow, the one who does, who's done medicine this for years is so tragically ill. Oh, how's she doing? She'll be fine when she gets another manicurist. <laughs> Until then, she's getting. I guess like all public appearances. It's <coughs> okay, Niles. Well, if I'm nominated for a CV every year. Oh, wait, yes, I am. <laughs> and uh, and Niles goes, Well, as, some, as a great man always said, uh, popularity is a hallmark of mediocrity. You just made that up, didn't you? Yes. Yes. But I stand by right. it. Uh, then uh, they go to the opera. And he goes, I can't wait to hear that first aria. And then he goes, dum, 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 dum. No, that. No, Niles, if you start singing it, then I'll start singing it, and then we'll not, you know. Yeah, I'll be able to get it out of my head. Then <laughs> uh, Peter finds a scarf in his briefcase. Yeah. It's like, hey, that's on me all day until, until I was the, the barber. The only time I had my briefcase on my hand was when I was in a barber chair. Well, I'd her... only give her two minutes. <laughs> okay, actually, he said, that's gave her all 30 seconds. <laughs> and, uh, He's like, that's the way they're quite nervous. Like, there's a lot of weirdos out there, son. So you got, no, it's him, uh, no. Yeah. It's always say, like, it looks awfully cold. Bit of you to remind, bit of round me and me. What a part of me, what a part of Part of me, wrapped around your neck, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something creepy, anyway. She's just a very annoying fan. And then Nell takes a note, but the writing of a sociopath. Look at the loops. <laughs> she goes, ah, uh, yes, that's how they caught the, the, bevving, bevving. of, Birmingham or something Birmingham like that. Some shit like that. He used to write in loops and he got crossed out his T's downwards. Because he did have a saucer full of eyelids on his, on his night dress. table. Then we'll sleep, we should have a two way lock for her door. <laughs> and he's like, well, she gets you messages and now she's putting things in your briefcase. Classic. Classic predator going for their prey in circles. Or loops. That was for you, Daphne. <laughs> he goes, and then. Uh, and uh, Martin goes, you're all weirdos there, so you gotta be careful. She's not a weirdo, it's just one that finds me utterly fascinating. And the distinction would be. Then uh, he's still trying to find a commitment, and then he gets balloons at his door, like, oh, these must be from the station. Or your number one fan, Curry. Curry. And then he goes, you're not gonna turn me into a paranoid wreck, and he goes to pull the balloons One of them pops and, and he in, shits himself. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> And then uh, I don't. I've tried to make a note of when guest calls uh, call, and I've not done it in a while. But uh, he's talking to Madman. 
Like, Madman Martinez. That is, Lee Cargill. Um, John Lithgow. John Lithgow, yeah. Of uh, Third Rock from the London trip. He's like, what's troubling you, Madman? Oh, well, I, business is down, and I don't know why. I mean, I've got a lime green metallic, and... Like he's listening, he's just describing yeah. his car details. I've got met, I've got lime green metallic and new seeds, bucket seeds, and people, and I'll offer a low price. And people say, Madman, you're crazy. You're like, I deal in volume, I deal in volume. Thankfully, so do we. And now, here are some paid commercial messages. And then he, uh, at least they have John Lethka because yeah. he's, he's a funny fucker, him. Yeah. There's some people who you need to work out like, and you go back and you tell like, oh, it was all. Yeah. And they, know, they, but then there's some people who have quite distinguished, like, distinguished voice. Like, distinguished. you can tell immediately yeah. who it is, and you can immediately tell it was John. Oh, I must say, I was very disappointed the last time I was in CEX, funnily enough. Uh-huh. Well, I've seen the box set of Third Rock for the Sun. Uh-huh. They were wanting 50 quid for it. And I, as much as I enjoyed Third Rock for the Sun, I thought that was a little steep. A little bit, a little, a little bit. bit. I would have paid maybe half that. How many, how many seasons are there? Six? I think, if there's, I think there's more than six. I think there's more. And you know, it ties into both Frasier and wrestling, because in one episode, China makes a guest appearance. Yes. Yeah. When she was <coughs> still, you know, relatively normal. Before she was, before she was hooking herself out to X-Pac, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's quickly one night in China. You had to go there. I had to go there. Y- you had to. I Why? had to. Because it's relevant. Not really. Yeah. But continue. Well, Fraser's very annoyed that this guy got through and she goes, he goes through us. Are you supposed to be screening these calls? Just lie with Pour me a gasoline and light a match. I thought a certain warning would do. And she's annoyed. She's got a. She's got on, a. Pimple on her nose. Yeah. So like, Three hours worth of seas by those are rough like Krakatoa. Okay, I finally lose five. I finally lose five pounds. I've gone three of it back on my nose. Oh, we five with a little bit of foundation, some kind of touring. You ever considered wearing a beekeeper's mask? Do I make a fun of that astro we call a forehead? <laughs> and then she gets a tea bag, thinks she puts on her, and you know, like you're like you're dripping all over the console. It's like. He goes to take a thing, and he's on the and he finds a note slipped in his jacket. Like, how the hell did she get in there? Yeah. And he goes, I'm very disappointed, you, Dr. Crane. I'm wearing the, the scarf I did for you. You know, it's very cold. The last man who, who disappointed me ended up, up in his grave. I'll be at the sea beast. I'll be watching you at the sea beast tonight. I'll be in a red dress. No, she doesn't say the red dress. That's later. Oh, that's later. Yes, the thing's so he's bad. He's like, like, Leo, this thing, kind of thing happened with Leo and the happy... You know, the happy chef until he got a bodyguard. Let me see who he used. No, I don't need a bodyguard. Uh, uh, remember Leela? Oh, yes, I heard she bent his whisk and scratched him Teflon. He's convinced he doesn't need a bodyguard. So yeah. I think, what that happens that changes his mind? Well, wasn't it the note in his coat? Well, no, he didn't. I think so. I'm pretty sure he didn't. She don't mention the bodyguard after the note. I could have sworn that. Maybe before, I don't know. We'll have to go back to it. I'm pretty, is... pretty sure I watched, I watched this episode very closely and somehow I can't remember. Yeah, it happens. Probably because we talked about so much shape beforehand. Probably. Probably should have started with this. Probably. But you know what? We have our handy guide to go back to when it comes to it. When we hit the episodes that are in that book, we'll be golden. But, uh... I'll even do some voices. 
Anyway. You're thinking probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he eventually gets the bodyguard, so then he's just waiting, now he's just there, he's panicking, he's waiting, he's like, yeah. Martin's like, I don't see why you're doing this. I, I was a cop for 30 years. I, this, these people are professionals, you know, to take out a scoop, take a bullet if necessary. Well, oh, yeah. I know how to take a bullet. Oh, that's the only, that's the only thing your personality needs, another bullet. And then uh, the door goes like, that's to be him. Who is it? Is he bored? I want you to autograph my hatchet. And I did get that the first time I heard it, so I actually looked up who Lizzie Borden was. You had to look that up? Yes. Jeez. Oh, excuse me. Oh, but he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Maris was quite offended by your little stalker. She was like, why can't we have a bodyguard? Don't we need a bodyguard? Are we important enough to be stalked? I don't know what I say to her. Just tell her to keep being herself and she'll get her moment. Like, like we're still waiting for his renegade. Oh, maybe your admirer ran to her first thing. He's hanging in some generous closet. His freshly boiled tub hanging for his freshly garden neck. Is that champagne? <laughs> and then you see a woman outside. He's putting me a mannequin, like... And yeah. then does it. That's his bodyguard. He's like, your bodyguard's name is Cindy? <laughs> Where have they ran out of Tiffany's? <laughs> yeah, Martin is very <coughs> sort of chauvinistic in this episode. Yeah. I think, I think it's just the idea of the bodyguard in general, but I do get your point. Yeah. It's like then she said you made a mistake. Like you should have asked for a description before I could have been anywhere. I could have been the stalker for all you know. Yeah. Which is a good point. And then she meets the people, and then she meets Daphne, and immediately she finds that she's like, "He's like, this woman has been calling you any particular accent." Yeah, <laughs> the defense system in here. We don't need. We've got Eddie. Hello, Eddie. Eddie immediately buries his head. Yeah. And uh, don't let him fool you. If you made a hand on me, by the Chunking your butt, the son of a tennis ball. Yes, and anyway, go for your ankles. Uh, and then anyway, she goes to pull the car around and take the elevator, and then uh, the phone goes, and then it's her. Like, just remind you, I'll be in a red dress. And then they start panicking again, and they try to assure, like, don't worry, I'm sure someone that sound with such a sweet sounding voice couldn't be, so. Big squeaky from mean anything to you? I didn't look that one up, I don't know that one. Squeaky from. Was a Manson family member. Ooh. You do know Manson family. Yeah, of course, right? I know them. I'm not an idiot. Just checking. Not that you're an idiot, like you know of the Manson family. Yeah. Uh, it's quite tense when they go to the, uh, the awards to make us a quite a few of and then red dresses. Red dresses? Yeah. And then he goes, I think I see her. Oh, there, by the bar, red dress. She's okay, every guy comes in here, but she's covering up her face. But it turns out it's just Roz covering your oh, that's up. That's just my that's just my producer Raj. She has a it's pimple a, on her nose. It looks a like a biblical plague. Roz, come on. You got you've got to feel for Roz in that scene where when she comes over with the hair over her face and she's like she's like has her hand over her nose and she's like Hey guys Hi, hey guys and everybody else just come, goes, Hey Roz and they cover her their nose and they're like <laughs> like come on, it's barely it's almost barely, it's almost entirely disappeared and then the dog comes up. Oh, Raz, why don't you guide my sleigh? Do you not feel horrible for the way she goes up to Daphne, basically? Because goes, help me, because <laughs> she can't see uh, past on hell. Oh, because she's made her cover. Yeah. And, like, and then he comes up, then Builder tries to hit on the bodyguard, like... I uh, love that scene. And, like, careful, she's carrying, you can see a weapon. Oh, that makes two of us. And then she grabs him by the neck. He's like, I'm with my thumb two inches, you could die. And uh, she basically grabs him and he kills her on his knees, like, whoa, remember she's terrified and still turn on in my life. Alright, okay, there we go. 
okay, call you later. Edge of threats to go, they gave yeah. me fucking bolts. Yeah. And then Martin starts. I think she was too much of a woman for a bulldog. Yeah, but too much. But he's, not, he's not used to being handled by a woman. Well, he's not He's not really used to women, is he? Not really. What's <laughs> <laughs> not getting to that? Uh, although. We don't, we don't really fought his boat. Yeah. Martin does throw some doubt on the whole red dress. He goes, well, if I was trying to whack, I was trying to kill a guy. Maybe I'd just lie about, maybe I just wouldn't tell the truth about what I was wearing. Which is a good theory, because like, maybe if she knew a red dress was caught, was going to be common at event list, because yeah. it would cause me a freak out and you wouldn't know that you were there. Then Sunday, like, like, I really think we should stick with the whole red dress thing, just in case. And then that sends Fraser into more of a paranoid dress. Yeah, because he goes to Niles and he's like, wasn't it interesting that Carrie immediately discounted that theory? Her, who's not wearing a red dress, and was out of the room just as the stalker called, which has, has some valid reason, but then Andrew is his paranoia taking control again. Yeah, yeah. Although, then when they uh, decide, which he decides the Elbert's to reveal, so she'll wait with Fraser and get the next one, so she can keep an eye on him. Andrew, like, actually asked for a sign, but I'm actually quite a big fan. Yeah. That's when he immediately panics and she gets in the lift, but I'll be honest with you, I actually think that would have been a really good twist if it turned out she was the. Oh, yeah, that would have been. That would have been. Oh, I think, because, like, that more would have it was her all along and all that. And then he gets the panic, and then he gets the other and who's in the elevator with him? A woman in a red dress who says she's the number one fan. Dr. Crane? I'm the biggest fan. And he's like, ah! And he basically, like, wrestling tackles her. And like, it, like, like a rod, left, t- like a rod, he takes yeah, people over to the left. Opens and Fraser's got this poor woman by the wrist stepping on her, and like, he's like, "Call Cindy, call Cindy, I've got her." That's the head of the nomination committee. He said, "Sorry, just we said we said you'd be awake all the time to get an autograph." I was looking for an autograph. Oh, is anyone got a pen? Oh, no, not now. Damn it! He feeds feeds enough of this, and he says, "I'll be at the lobby, hoping that she'll come down." Look, now, I've had enough of this. To everyone listening, I'll be in the lobby. And then immediately Martin, like two Martin th- spots this little woman with with the scarf, with th- the scarf and a red dress, and is like, "You're Carrie. You're the you were in the, you've been in that same scarf for Fraser. He's my son." And she's like, "Like I think there's been a misunderstanding. Is I wasn't it, trying to." I think there's been a misunderstanding. I wasn't trying to frighten him. Goes, well, when you wrote that note about your last person being in her grave, I met my husband Walter. He got pneumonia. Pneumonia? Pneumonia. <laughs> you know? But One of us needs to be able to speak clearly on this show. Neither one of us are doing very well. No. Not at all. You know, but she's like, he got pneumonia. She's like... Tell Fraser, like... Tell Fraser, like, tell Fraser I... Tell Fraser. I'm sure I'll be able to tell him. And then if, if I'm lucky, I'll have to tell him again. And then Fraser he just down all the way by himself, like... Come on, I'll get a bit of harpy. Well, he goes down and he he sees someone run. Uh-huh. And they are wearing a red dress. And the and the car lot. Yes, but he doesn't see their face. So he yeah, he just sees someone in a red dress, and he's like, he's like, come on out here, the minute harpy. Then he goes to the parking garage, and then ends up these three guys. These three guys take umbrage to his shouting, mm-hmm. and he's like, anyone have who had the time? Do any any of you have the time? Any of you? One to time? And he throws his watch and he throws his watch and runs. <laughs> I would have, well, I thought, I originally thought that was going to go was uh, him going down and following that woman, but then that woman getting the wrong idea and it was being a completely different woman. 
That one we actually thinking Frasier was actually stalking her, mm. and she turns around and just maces him in the face or something like that. I can see why you would have thought that. Or like she has a boyfriend, and the boyfriend beats the shit out of him. Who knows? Yeah. But like then Frasier goes up. Frasier and, and Rod actually win the TV, but Frasier goes up. His clothes are all fucked to fuck because he yeah, guys, he's got to do and and, and Rod's, Rod's is all with the. Like, with the she, hair. she actually she goes a bit far for the He has to pull her back like. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, like you say, they, the, win, they the, win the nomination, but they're the most dishevelled pair. And it's the woman who Frasier beat up in the elevator that has to give it to them as well. Yeah, and she's like, she has that look on her face of saying, where's your fucking award, take it. Yeah. Like, I mean, because Rosella said, like, well, I hope we win tonight, because I doubt we'll get nominated next year. Yeah. Well. There are gaps in subsections aside. Well, I was going to, what I was going to say is, despite our rather poor review of this show because let's be honest it was very poor uh-huh. you know we can we we we, like, we know we can do better uh-huh. and i i will offer an apology to our listeners right now but that aside how do you find this episode i think this is a really good episode this. you give it's, it a thumbs up like a me. thumbs up for yeah i think it's a really good episode because it shows it shows uh it really does show Fraser's kind of scatological vulnerability. You know what I mean? Like he's so he claims himself to be so, you know, quite astute and quite sensible, but yeah. a lot of the time, in situations he's not used to, uh-huh. he can be so scatterbrained. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so many ways he could have, uh-huh. he could have really used the process of sensible thought to think himself through that without his bodyguard. You know, he, th- he thinks he's so like smart and like he can so sensible that yet yeah. more often not in different ways than this one he, like, he always overthinks things. That's a common theme throughout the entire show and this is yeah. one thing where his paranoia about who might be out next time to get him. I think that says a lot about his his ego as well. Yeah. Because he, like Fraser has an ego. He no, but I think that that episode really screams it because yeah. he thinks he's so important that like he could be, he there could are, be attacked or hurt by some lunatic because he's so important. It, there are quite a few episodes that have this like idea of his ego, like when he thought he yeah. could easily pick out the criminal amongst his dad's yeah, friends, yeah. and then but he failed. Fraser Fraser's ego, in its own sense, causes his paranoia. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Mm. But. It is a great episode yeah, because it, it has that and you can it's one of those episodes you can sit and you can pick through. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Okay. You can sit and you can pick through that episode, you can laugh at that episode. Like Niles is good it's a really good moment. Bulldog has Yeah. Side characters have the really good moments. Every character show. has a part in that episode, yeah. which is rare for like every episode, yeah, you know. Because there are there are episodes that don't use characters as well as they been yeah. like uh, Everyone is very well used in like, that episode. I know I said like it would be a cool twist if that woman really was actually the stalker, the bodyguard, yeah. but that doesn't mean that the fact that she wasn't made the episode any less than no, it no. was. Because like, no, no, no. as it turns out, with most situations in Frasier, it, it doesn't end up being as complicated as Frasier thinks it is. Yeah. That's the fact that, like you said, his ego and his mind is, he's overthought it so much that yeah. he's worked it and he, he's worked himself into a frenzy. So yeah, definite thumbs up from me. Oh, definitely. My episode is a thinker, but it's a good episode too. Yeah, and I think we had reason to look forward to watching this one. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've watched that one countless times. Mm. You know, I do find it funny. Like one of my favorite scenes is the scene where he freaks out in the lift and basically uh, wrestles and tackles a woman. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> every time I don't feel bad for him. I'm thinking, you poor woman. 
the whole thing is about Fraser Niles is they're unathletic, Fraser can't like fight and he gets beat up by the three guys. Yeah, how is it he's yeah, suddenly he's so easy to take that woman over. Yeah. And he's sort of like, Where the hell did that come from? Like and why is Fraser not being able to do that? Like oh it's different when it's three guys, but suddenly like it's just because he's we are and he's panicked, he's like, ah Well, it's much like Niles, isn't it? Yeah. Like he'd easily fight a woman. <laughs> because they are essentially big women. I think uh for that episode, though, I think that's all the time we've got for this week. We have talked about it a lot with yeah. the sad uh, ending of the game. Paul yeah. having to talk Paul down from killing Charlotte Flair. <laughs> and this episode of, of Frasier. And so I think it's a very good one. And stay tuned next week, where hopefully next week will be our WrestleMania 19 review. Yep. With a, hopefully a special surprise. And that review, we'll not mention again what until the actual review comes. True. And then also the week after that we'll have Mania and TakeOver and I'm sure a lot will follow that. What with me, I'm likely to be fucking eight hours or however long it is. And hopefully you'll be in better form. Yeah, hopefully but, but you Hopefully you won't yeah. be feeling ill then. Yeah. I was going to say, it's, it takes, it's straight enough sitting through a Mania when you're in full health. Mm. I can sit in it no well. I won't. Yeah, I won't survive. I'll need. A, I'll need a week to recover. <laughs> just be lying in my bed, like, help me. Yeah. What, what did you do? I watched WrestleMania live. I'll. I'll. I'll bring you some OJ. Yeah. Oh God, that's how you know what's serious. Paul left the house when he didn't need. To, when he didn't need an interview. Well, Scott, you are a friend. I will bring you OJ. I would happily bring OJ to a friend. Yay. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, not that we, not that we hope I end up in that situation. Hopefully, I'm better. <laughs> I'm sure you will be. That said, uh, we are gonna play this out with a man who we were talking very highly of earlier on, and his his theme song that we hope comes back for one night only. We hope it, we hope it will. It probably won't, but damn, we're gonna play it anyway in respect to the man and hope. But very soon we will see, like King, Kofi Kingston. Win the title. Yes, we can dream. At the end of the day, that's all we, all we can do. We can dream. Yep. It's Kofi Kingston's former theme song prior to the new day, SOS. SOS. See you next time. See ya. You know. SOS. I hear them shouting.